0: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. PJ Conrad joins us with Trade Offs. Let's dive into what we're seeing in this markets today. Obviously, some higher numbers we're seeing in the corn, lower for the soybeans and the wheat. But many folks, I mean this time of year we still at least hear PJ a little bit of export talk, and with all this trade discussion going on with China, it just seems like China's closed the door.
1: Yeah, no, I would agree. I was I was reading from uh commentary this morning a little bit about china obviously that's kind of the the black swan in the room or the elephant in the room so to speak of of things that could take this market uh maybe further south if that materialized so it sounded like uh our secretary our treasurer was over there or or over meeting with some of the chinese um cabinet last week and i guess from what i read on that was they're going to open up some of their stock market things uh more outside countries, and it may be nothing pertaining to agriculture, but there were positive talks moving forward there. And I think they said they're going to be heading back over uh, Minuchin um, will here in the next couple weeks to talk about trade. So I guess in my mind right now, you know, yeah, you got to keep it kind of in the forefront of your mind because if something could happen. Um, that being said, it sounds like we're actually starting to at least have some talks or open-mindedness that hey, we can't let this get. A blown out of proportion. Deal. They need our grain. We need them. let get on the same page with each other and kind of move the move the ball forward and get on more of a level playing field. I don't think what we're trying to do is a bad thing. I just think that we need to sit down and have it discussed and get it done with.
0: So, where are we sitting when it comes to the seasonal pace for soybeans?
1: You know, the export market's been kind of obviously very good for corn. Maybe a little bit cooler for beans. You know, this morning. Say we exported uh, 17.3 million bushels i mean that was within trade estimate um last week we did 16.4 so a little bit higher than that you know if you look at the same week last year at this time we did 23.8 million in export and this week was only 17.3 so i guess the main takeaways from this is if you look at the last four weeks this year versus last year this year we've exported 69 million bushels of beans in the last four weeks for those same four weeks last year, we exported 95 million bushels. So that being said, we're obviously behind last year's pace. Um, in order to meet USDA's number of export project- projection, we're going to need get closer like like a, a, a 32% increase from May until August of where we've been, which would be roughly 22.7 million bushels a week. So that being said, last year, our bean program kind of export-wise came off pretty strong. And so you know, a year ago for the same time, our exports were very strong. Things were going good. Flip the coin over to this year, our exports haven't been as good. And so you kind of look at that and you think, well, maybe with the Argentina lack of soybean crop, maybe we do pick up You know, last half of the summer, June, July, August, and exports pick up there. You know, I guess that's something to kind of keep an eye on. It seems kind of negative today especially with beans taking an eight cent step back and some of that's just technical selling we were we broke the 20-day moving average and some other things going into the end of last week so we were probably due for a little bit of a sell-off it'd just be nice to see us catch some footing in here in this 10 20 type level that's going to be a support level there so if we can catch that that should stop the bleeding but you look from a new crop standpoint 10 13 is the 100 day moving average and the 200 days sits at ten dollars even so Realistically, I'd say your downside is probably twenty-five cents from here down towards that ten-dollar level, which you think would hold if, if you know going into the growing season.
0: Export pace, though, has remained mostly on the strong side, though, for corn, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean our exports have been very good on corn. Um, you yeah, if you look at what we've done the last uh, seven weeks, um, yeah, last seven weeks, corn exports have totaled four hundred twenty-six million bushels which isn't that much stronger than last year. That's about, oh, call it 35 million more than last year for the same time frame. But I think the big thing to take away is corns has kind of every week stayed in there and been above expectations. So even right now, I mean, we're on pace to reach our, what the USDA is calling for, bushel expectations uh, from an export standpoint. So I feel pretty comfortable there saying, you know, corn is in a good spot for a lot of different reasons. Um, we held support today, you know, we've had that sell-off and we've had, you know, probably last week, we finished the week down eight or nine, but in the last two weeks, we've probably shaved about 10, 12 cents off corn. And so to see exports good today and to see us find some footing from a chart standpoint, I mean, we haven't even rolled over to really summer growing season weather yet. You know, all the planting, you know, they say we had a, a quite a bit of weather premium in there for planting. I don't know. I mean... We're going to get this stuff planted. You look at the 10-day forecast, outside of some rain here in central Nebraska, things are going to open up after that and we're going to have a chance to get this crop planted in a timely fashion. So I'd say unless you get out to that May 7th, May 14th uh, crop seeding report, and we're behind on those, then the market gets excited again probably, but sitting here today, there's not a lot to talk about there. I still think we got better things to see ahead of us, you know, to think we put the high end on corn already with that low amount of acres probably isn't uh, real accurate, I guess.
0: And I think it's really just a kind of wait-and-see game at this point when it comes to getting the planting done, when guys are actually going to get in the fields, and and everything the outside export market influences well on this trade. So there's a lot of things that are on the plate of this producer to try to keep straight for these markets.
1: You know, there is, and I think you know, just keep your head down and focus on getting the crop planted, don't get too overly anxious. I mean, I'm not an agronomist. If you think it's the right time to plant, go for it. I I have no idea, but I guess the big takeaway is is there's going to be more opportunities as time goes on unless we have some some major trade issues. Um, I just think what we're lacking right now, and I think more than anything, is they can say we've sold off the corn market and the bean market because of better U.S. weather. I'm going to say it's this lack of fresh news. When we rallied it, we were having new positive news seemed like every other day there was something that was at least giving us a little bit of a spark
0: around folks we've got more of the Fontanel final bell coming up after this
1: john winter scotia jason stark pleasanton or dan Lyser, grand island
0: welcome back to the Fontenelle final bell here on the rural radio network i'm susan littlefield pj conrad joins us with trade us as we dive still into the grains we're gonna look at this wheat complex and Obviously, it had some limited follow-through on the trade today. Conditions, are we getting some pressure with warmer weather coming in, spring wheat versus where we're seeing this, this winter wheat crop coming out of dormancy?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think so. And, and if you look, the whole wheat belt sold off pretty hard you know, last week um, and the week before, too. But we really we took off probably 50 cents in the wheat market in the last 10 days or so. Uh, and when the winter wheat new crop contract, they were really banking on a lot of rains coming through most of that, most of those plains here over the weekend. I think they were disappointing from what I read, anyways. I guess you know maybe the viewers out there could tell us. But you know we didn't get maybe as much rain, as spottier, maybe what we thought. So looking ahead to what that means for the wheat, it, I don't know. It, it feels like we've put the, got the weather scare. We've killed that crop, however many times by now. You know, seasonally, the lows in by now. It's kind of a seasonal low in the last week. So you'd think maybe we could bounce off this and trade somewhere in the lower five going into uh, into harvest in a couple months. So, you know, I guess we got to be optimistic. If we want to be bullish corn or, or bullish wheat. you got to be, they're, they're going to be in tandem as seed grains. So, you know, moving forward, if corn keeps working, maybe wheat will follow or vice versa. Kind of the action we saw when corn got to 4.15, we had wheat going up to the mid fives and corn kind of followed that along with it so you know hopefully if you're a wheat producer out there you've had some obviously volatile markets but you've had some opportunities to sell some good prices so hopefully you've got something done there and uh, have the opportunity to sit here and drag your feet to see where this market takes you going into harvest
0: well pj the dollar did it go above the 100 day moving average because i'd read earlier today that it was right near that area
1: it did. It actually, uh, we were at 90.77 was the 100-day, and we got to 90.90. 90, so we got above it today. That's probably a little bit of a, a bullish signal for the dollar from a technical standpoint. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of talk about it making some runs back to where maybe we were in late December, which you know would put us back towards about three points higher than where we're at now. Um, that being said, you know hopefully it doesn't affect uh, exports in the short term. Um, that would be the kind of thing to watch is that the dollar rallies, obviously, our grains get more expensive worldwide, thus having to bring our prices down. You'll see the corn and bean market react negatively to that. So you hope for uh, you know time frame standpoint, if we can hold, kind of on our song and dance, if we can hold some of these support levels in the grains, especially with the dollar working higher, and it's hard to rally grains when there's, Equipment in the field. I mean we got a lot of equipment out there. We got a lot of guys doing stuff So it's just we're making progress towards a good crop we, we To think we're going to have a major issue crop wise today. You can't really make that comment But if the last two to three years have been any indication um, We can talk about how dry it is somewhere or how hot it is But until the combines roll it's been uh, about 100% impossible trying to peg that number
0: I had a pork producer. Let's jump over to the livestock side. Uh, PJ sent me a Snapchat of all things and said, "Hey, can you just make the pork prices do what they did last week?" And obviously today we saw mostly lower numbers. They'd like to go back to the higher numbers that we had middle of to end of last week. He, he just
1: he should be uh, he should tweet at Trump or or Snapchat the White House and say he wants to make make hogs great again.
0: There we go. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: uh, you know, obviously that's that's been a wild ride. From the original tariff talk, you know, two months ago, a month and a half ago, we took the markets down so much and now kind of rallied them back to about where we were. Last week we got to that. You know, I'm looking at the the June mark on the hogs, and we got up towards 79. We backed away from there. The 100-day moving average and 200-day sit darn near, just call it 80 for uh, simple purposes. But you would think we'd make a run back to those. Uh, you know, just look at the chart, we're at 7630s where it closed at today. The 20 day moving average is at 7560. So we probably got a chance we're going to maybe test that tomorrow, hopefully bounce off that. And, you know, we got created a gap on the open today. So the chart we gapped lower, never did trade to fill that gap. Ideally, usually you see these markets go back and fill those gaps. So I'd say be patient. Um, you've wrote it this long and then you've been through the ups and downs. And thank gosh we're, we're not, uh, you know, $7 lower like we were two, three weeks ago. So it's been an interesting ride in hogs and cattle for that matter.
0: Well, speaking of cattle, nice nice numbers for them today. Good way to start out the week. Reacting, do you think, a little bit from the cattle on feed report?
1: I, You know, I think so. We still had some really high uh, placements. And so, you know, I don't know. You, you get to looking at it, and the cattle market has been got to be one of the most erratic ones we've had in a while this thing's been all over the place and depending on who you read you know we could see lower prices um going into midsummer, which would be an unseasonal move they kind of say obviously we're short
0: best way folks can reach you pj if they want to talk to you and the rest of the crew at trade us
1: then call us at 402-858-7529 or uh, reach out to us on facebook Twitter or Instagram or Snapchat. We're out there at Tradeoffs LLC.
0: All right, that's the Fontanel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.
1: You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.